Second Kings chapter number four. We'll see how it goes this morning, but you know, the plan was to take a verse and take a fit. Uh, verse number four, verse 26, we'll read that, and then we'll get into context. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff just within this passage here, but I just wanted to, this, this has been running through my head all week, this verse number 26, and uh, he said, run now, I pray thee to meet her and say unto her, is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, it is well. And you know me, I don't normally like to take a verse and take a fit, but when you're reading through the Bible and you find sections, you know, uh, sometimes it, it just lines itself out. There's the three points. So let's pray. Amen. All right, now, I like to give a little context, because I remember sitting in church when I didn't know much about the Bible, and the preacher would grab a verse, and I'm like, well, how does I, how does I even know he's supposed to be getting that out of that? So look down at verse number 8 there, and we're going to read a little bit. And we have the prophet Elisha. We have, there's, there's two prophets with that style of name that you'll hear in the Old Testament. You have Elijah, and you have Elisha. Elijah came before Elisha, and Elijah, with a J, he was the one that was up on the mount with the prophets of Baal. You know, they had the competition so to speak. It wasn't official. There wasn't any trophies. The only trophy was seeing that, seeing that offering licked up by fire, right? When Ahab was king. Well, there was a young man after Elijah, after Elijah left that situation, he sat up under the juniper tree and he spent some time alone with the Lord. Even after that great victory, he went through a small depression. The Lord worked him through it. And as he came down from that mountain and he walked past, he saw Elisha, the prophet, or he saw Elisha, a young man, and he was plowing the field with oxen. He walks by him and he throws his mantle over him. And Elisha, you know, starts to follow him. Elisha starts to follow him. And he said, well, let me first go and say goodbye to my parents. He said, what is that to me? He acted like he didn't even care whether he followed him or not. You follow, you don't, whatever. But he, he offers up the oxen and he begins to follow Elisha and he's known, as the, he's known as the young man that poured water over the hands of Elijah. In other words, he took care of him. While Elijah was prophet, he followed him everywhere he went. And he followed him up to the point where right before Elisha was to be called out of this world, see a lot of people died, but there were certain people in the Bible that just went up with God. Enoch was one of them. I'll never forget a preacher at a revival meeting. He said, uh, you know, some kids, they grow up, they want to be an astronaut. Russian kids grow up, they want to be a cosmonaut. He said, when I grow up, I want to be a was-not. Because <laughs> in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it said, Enoch walked with God, and he was not. Amen. That's walking so close with God, it, you're no longer yourself. It's just, and Brother Grady used to say, oh, Enoch in... God got going, and Enoch said, Lord, you know, look here, we've been walking far enough. It's closer to your house than it is to mine. And he went up with him. I may wander around a little bit like that, but we'll get to the point. But Elijah, Elisha, the young man, he followed Elijah around. He was, he was faithful to follow him around. And Elijah, you know, he was one of these hard preachers. 
He'd follow Elijah around, and Elijah went from one place to the other, and it was right before the time Elijah was to get called up into heaven. And he followed him, and he, he said, stay here. He went with him. And he, he followed him, and, it, and the time came, and Elijah said, what do you want? And Elijah looked at Elijah, and he said, I want a double portion of what you got. Now, that's a healthy ambition. That's a healthy ambition for a young preacher. That's a healthy ambition for anybody, whether they're looking at their mother, whether they're looking at their father. If they've been close to God, to look at them, and that's a compliment to you for someone to, to look at you and say, I want a double portion of what you got. I want to be as close to God as what you got. We know over time, Elijah, Elisha ended up actually doing uh, the Lord performed through him twice the miracles he did with Elijah. I'm not going to go into it right now. But we have here Elisha, the prophet. Verse number 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where there was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on that day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber that, and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And she said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door, and he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that when he went out to his father, to the reapers, he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to a lad, Carry him to his mother. Just like a man, right? And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the donkeys, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. 
So when we look at this passage, we see a couple things. Number one, look at verse number eight. It says, <clears throat> the first question he asks, is it well with thee? Let's take a look at the woman in verse number eight. It says it fell on the day that Elisha passed to Shunem where there was a great woman. You know, this is the only time I'm told in the Bible that a woman is called great. It's not that women are bad, but this is the only time that it actually calls her out, calls out a woman for being great. So she was a great woman and she constrained him to get bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat. So she was called a great woman. She was hospitable. She saw the prophet, she saw Elisha walking by, and she invited him in to eat. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. Y'all ever heard of a prophet's chamber? I know you have. Have y'all ever heard of it? I hadn't heard of it till we went to Calvary Baptist Church. Calvary Baptist Church was a small church, and it had a long spot kind of like this in the back. But uh, and you had the Sunday school rooms, and they, they set aside one room in the back there, and they put in a bed, and they, they kind of set it up like a little motel room. And when the preacher came to visit, if we had a revival meeting or something like that, and the preacher was there or a missionary came by they had a place to stay they didn't have to get in a hotel you know nowadays the church would just get them a room or something like that right or we give you money you ought to be able to afford a room and it wasn't too long ago that the church would build a prophet's chamber and this is where that comes from so you learn two things today number one that there's a prophet's chamber such a thing and number two where it came from but uh the, the point about this sermon in those three questions, is it well with thee, is it well with thy husband, is it well with the child? When we're looking at Mother's Day and we look at mothers, these are good questions for a mother to ask, right? But not every mother has children. Not every mother has a husband. And a man would sit there and say, well, it doesn't apply to me. But I'm going to take some liberties with this verse because I'm taking a verse and taking a fit, and that's what happens, Right? I'm going to take some liberties with this. And number one, the question, I'm going to tell you that you can apply it to yourself as a church member no matter what. As a, as a person saved, as a person washed in the blood, as a person in the church of Christ, that you can apply this to yourself. So the question to ask yourself, is it well with thee? We see this Shunammite woman, her, her mind was toward the things of God. Her mind was on the prophet of God and providing him a place. Her mind was on, on being close to the things of God. I'll never forget a sermon I heard years ago, getting the ark up to your house. And uh, just the title right there, that's a good one, right? But that was when David was bringing the ark of the covenant back in. And uh, Uzzah put his hand out and touched it and passed away. And then they put the ark over at Obed-Edom's house. And God blessed Obed-Edom as long as, the house, as long as the ark was there. David wanted to get the ark back to his house. We all ought to want to get the ark back to our house. We all ought to want to be close to God. Is it well with thee? 
And you say, well, how does this apply with thy husband? Because, man, you better not have a husband. But if you're in the Church of Christ, look at, look at Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5. It's in the New Testament. It's in Paul's letters. Now, I don't have a catchy phrase for it. It's not like, you know, when you, you got to go through Hebrews to get to James's house. But is it, it is in the Eons, Corinthians, Galatians. Ephesians chapter number five. Look at, uh, we'll start at verse 21 and we'll read to the end. And this is Paul talking. He says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. A lot of husbands will say, yeah, that's right. And a lot of women will say, yeah, you think. But uh, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. There's a key part there. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. And the husbands are over there cheering. Verse 24, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, as a church body, we're subject to Christ. So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. We're still cheering. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And this is where the women look at the husband and say, uh-huh. But husbands, love your wife, wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. You know, that's, that's just a pause there, and this is for free. That's a pretty tall order. Because when you put someone up on that pedestal, as Christ put the church up, he gave his own body for that church. He, he went through the beating. He went through the bleeding. He went through being spit on. He went through taking our sin upon him in order that this church might exist, in order that we might be saved, in order that we could have a relationship with God through him. So, women, you got a right to look at your husband and go, Mm-hmm. Y'all are going to be trying to give me pink stuff all the time. <laughs> Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word. That's for another sermon. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Verse 28, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Now, this is for free, and this is where my filter probably ought to kick in, but, you know, women get so mad about that part. Wives, submit yourselves to your husband. But then they never get to the other part about husband, love your wives as you love yourself. And there's a natural balance in things. I think there's, personally... Personally, I think there's a lot of women that are 
bossing their husbands and they're not happy with them because they never gave their husband a chance to be a leader. I don't know. I, I may lose people before I even get it. You come this Sunday and you may not come back. I don't know. But God set up an order of things, and it's not to subjugate someone. It's not to subjugate wives, but he paints the picture because let's, let's finish this, and then we'll finish that thought because we're talking about is it well with thy husband, and we're trying to include men in this. And it says, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and his bones. As the church, we are part of the body of Christ. Or we are the body of Christ. Verse 31, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. That comes from Genesis. And then look at verse 32 says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. So he says, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So when we come to the second part, number one, is it well with thee? Or is your mind on the things of God? Is your heart toward the things of God? Are you in the word of God? I can tell you, I can tell you from personal experience, whether I ought to be able to or not, if, you, if you're not in the word, if you're not reading God's word and you're not praying, you're starving yourself spiritually. You know, you, you can neglect reading the word daily or, or even getting into the Bible at all, and you might never realize that you're starving. Uh, you know, Billy Smith yesterday at the, at the funeral. It, a little awkward there for a little bit. I was trying to understand what he was saying, but he was talking about the experiment with the mice and everything. Do you all remember that? And you remember how he talked about the mice would keep going to the alcohol, keep going to the alcohol when they had water right next to it? He said and they would die, but they would die from dehydration. They were getting something to drink but it was just dehydrating them more and more. You know, that's kind of what we do spiritually. We go over to this, it tastes better. Read the novel, watch the TV, whatever entertainment over here. That's like hitting alcohol. When over here, on this side, you got the spiritual water. And you can be over here, and you you can watch, and you can occupy yourself, and you can occupy yourself, and you're spiritually dehydrating yourself. And you don't even realize it because you think you're filling that in. But when you begin to read God's word and you say, well, you know, I don't remember everything I read. Do you remember what you ate every meal last week? Do you remember what you had for breakfast every meal? You don't. But you needed those meals to make it through the day. You You needed that nourishment in order to make it through the day. And the older I get, the more I realize you can't eat the pink stuff. <laughs> Just any time you want. You start to take vitamins and you start to miss them. Last week, I think it was. 
it's not the case that it's the pink stuff this week. But last week, I, in the sermon, I said, how was that sermon? I thought I did pretty good. She said, you were kind of all over the place. Did you take your vitamins? No, I hadn't. Kind of keep the focus going, right? But what you put in your body is how it can handle things. You know, the more you drink water, and, and you know, I had to learn this. I dealt with water. I purified water. I treated water. You know, I know you run it through the carbon. It removes the chlorine. I know that you got bacterial filters that, you know, the, the millipore size. And, and, and it, I know what purified water is, 18 meg ohms. Man, that's purified. That'll eat up iron pipe. Because there is nothing in that water. It will eat up iron pipe. You've got to run it through stainless steel or PVC. I know about water. But it wasn't until a few years ago that I learned just how important water is in your body. When you, when you don't drink water, it's like a glass. It sits out in the sun, and there, there's contaminants in it. And then the sun begins to de, uh, evaporate, not dehydrate it. The sun begins to evaporate that water. And as it goes down, those contaminants aren't coming out of the water. They're still in it. Those contaminants become more concentrated, the less water. Y'all follow me on this? I'm going to tie it back. I already did. But it's going to become more and more contaminated in your body when you begin to snore, when you begin to have trouble swallowing, or you have that acid reflux or things like that, or your joints are creaking and things like that. That water helps flush that stuff out. It helps keep things flowing. It's the same in your spiritual life. You may not even realize what it's doing, but those contaminants, the less the water, washing of the water of the word the Bible talks about, the less that you put in, the more that those contaminants in your life begin to concentrate. You say, what, 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 why, why aren't things going, why? Why am I not walking as close to the Lord as I have been? That's because you hadn't been getting your spiritual drink a lot of times. Y'all follow me on that? Is it well with thee? Now we tie it back. One other thing I wanted to point out, go to Ephesians 4.26 before we totally leave because we jumped to one point. Now we're jumping back to cover something. No, I mean 2 Kings, I'm sorry, 2 Kings 4. One other thing I want to I want to note about the Shunammite woman it says in uh, verse number eleven, and it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. So Elisha's there in the chamber and he's resting between visits to different places and he's laying there in the chamber and he said, you know, it's a pretty nice place. And they added on to this house to make this room so I could stop in here. And I haven't done anything for her. She's had meals for me. She's done all this. And he's like, what can I do for her? Or does she want something done? And he calls her in there. Verse number 12. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. Verse 13. And he said unto him, say now unto her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. Now, we say careful nowadays, and we mean safety, right? Careful actually means full of care in the Bible. It says, careful with all this care, what is to be done for thee? 
wouldst thou be spoken for to the king? Would you like to get into politics? Would you like me to talk to the king? Because the king talks to the prophet. Would you like me to talk to him? Would you like to live closer to, to D.C.? <laughs> Would you like, Not now. Would, <laughs> hang on, the filter's working. But would you like to be closer to the king? Would you like to be, you know, would you like me to do something for you? Would you like to move up in status? Would you like to move up on the social ladder? He said, would, uh, he said, say now, behold, thou hast been careful for us. He said, what then is to be done for her? Uh, I keep skipping. What is to be done for thee? Wouldst thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? You want me to talk to the army? Would you like your husband to get a commission? He can be an officer in the military. You can move up in status that way. And uh, he said, wouldst thou be spoken to for, for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. She was content with what she had. I'm right here. This is where I live. This is where we live. We, we don't want to move up. We're happy where we are. And the point of this is, when we look at the Shunammite woman, she wasn't looking for a reward. A lot of times somebody does something, you know, they might not admit it. But hey, want some recognition for it. I'm going to do this. I want people to see it. You know, the Bible the Bible kind of speaks expressly against that when it talks about not letting the left hand know what the right hand is doing, when it talks about doing things for the Lord. Now, sometimes it happens that other people find out, but it shouldn't be your goal. It wasn't her goal. She just said, this is a holy man of God, and he's got to travel all this way. We can be a stopping point for him. We can take care of him. She didn't want anything. And if we find out as we read on, she didn't dare ask what was on her heart. Because that was between her and it just hadn't happened. Her and her husband hadn't had a child. And she didn't tell the prophet. Say, well, I, I, I sure could, would like to have a child. We don't know how many nights that that was on her mind. How many times that she sat there with that. And he said, what then is done? And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily, she hath no child and her husband is old. Now, like... Elisha says, that's it. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, for thou man of God, do not lie under thy handmaid. He hit the mark. He hit it right there. And she's like, no, that's too good to be true. I don't even dare ask for that. But he found the one thing she wanted. But the point is, she wasn't seeking after a reward. You know, Jesus said, uh, you know, we, we look for a reward one day. The only reward we want is well done, thou good and faithful servant. But he also talked about the servant that uh, when he's done what the master says, you know, he doesn't sit down until the master's taken care of. He doesn't look after his own. He looks after his master's needs and uh, not expecting thanks. So back to it, is it well with thy husband? And we went to Ephesians chapter number five. So whether you're a man or a woman, if you're saved, you're part of the bride of Christ, and your husband is Jesus Christ. Do y'all follow me on that? I know we went from point A to point B. It's the pink stuff. But we're here. Your husband is the bride of Christ. Is it well with thy husband? And it says we're to give due reverence to our husband. 
It says we're to submit ourselves unto our own husband. It's a little weird talking like this, but this is the way the Bible set it up. And when it sets it up like that, it's whether we like it or not. But Jesus Christ is our authority. Is it well with your husband? Have you submitted yourself to Jesus Christ? You say, well, I go to church. Well, that's good. Have you submitted yourself to Jesus Christ? There's things God speaks to your heart. Have you submitted yourself to his word? People read his word and they try to get out what they want. And then they go on about their business. It's amazing what people read in there and say, well, the Bible says this, but, you know. But is where you get in trouble. Well, I know the Bible says this, but. That's where you get in trouble. The other thing is, in a relationship, if you, if you let your relationship fade, it gets harder to recover. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, right? We talked about that relation, maintaining that relationship when you're close to God. All it, say, all it takes is, I'm sorry, Lord, and getting right back on track. But the further and further you grow apart, the harder and harder it is to get back until the point you're looking. Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thee? And is it well with the child? Look over at uh, 1 Timothy chapter number 1, and we may come back. You stay over in 2 Kings chapter number 4 with your finger. So you leave the Eans and you get to Timothy. And this is Paul talking about Timothy. He's writing a letter to Timothy. He says in verse number one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of our of God our Savior and the Lord and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. And then in verse number two, he says, Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith. When Paul led someone to the Lord, when Paul spent time with them and he showed them God's grace. And they got saved and they expect, accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Paul looked at that person as their own child, as his own child in the Lord. In other words, it was, it was, it's like giving birth to a person. I told you I was going to take some liberties this morning, but I want this to apply to everybody. Y'all follow me on this? I, I want to make sure. I hate asking the question, but it comes up anyway. You follow me? But how is it with your children? And we, we've been learning in uh, Sunday school how to witness. I love Megan's story this morning. I, <laughs> I'm going to tell it. We've been learning how to, how to witness or a way to witness. You know, there's no, there's no mechanics that works every time. Because the one common factor when leading someone to the Lord is that the Lord is in on it. And if you think you're just going to lead somebody to the Lord because you say some words, it's, it's just words. But when God gets in on it, you're giving birth. God is the Lord of the harvest. But yeah, Megan's story, she went to Ireland yesterday. And uh, part of this way of witnessing is asking somebody, would you consider yourself to be a good person? And the person will usually say, well, I do. 
You can ask somebody in prison, do you consider yourself to be a good person? Well, yeah, I am. You know, other than the matter of the six dead people I left behind, I'm a pretty good person. I, I haven't killed anybody this week. I'm doing pretty good. I haven't stolen anything. You know, my bunk made, I left it in there. But uh, would you consider yourself to be a good person? And then from there, you begin to ask them questions from the Ten Commandments, from the law. I've done this several times. It's not the only way to witness, but it's a pretty good one. So we've been learning this. We've been watching Ray Comfort, and we've been watching Kirk Cameron in the videos and watching them street preach and witness, you know. Megan goes to Arlen, and she's wearing a T-shirt and says, Lord, let me help me to be the person my cat thinks I am. But she's wearing that shirt, and the fellow says, I'm trying to do that too. I know I'm messing the story up a little bit, but there's one key part of it. He says, you know, I, I'm trying to be that too, and, and I think I'm a pretty good person. As soon as she said that, I'm like, but, and, and he talks to her a little bit, and he says, you know, but I really, I really don't know. You know, and she said, yeah, I know what you mean. And she goes home, and then all of a sudden, wow, he did the first five steps for me. <laughs> Is it well with the child? An opportunity to witness. And it may not have been that time. It may have just been to wake us up. It may have just been to show us. It may have been a handful of purpose. But leading someone to the Lord, but also not abandoning. And everyone that you witness to, you can't stay in constant contact with. And sometimes you never know. You never know what goes on in their life. There's people I've led to the Lord, and I found out their life got pretty rough afterwards. There's people I've married. I found out their life got pretty rough afterwards. Can't control it. All we can do is be there when Jesus talks to us. All we can do is be ready to give every man an answer for the hope that lies within us. We learn different ways to do that. So Paul looked at Timothy. He said, my own son in the faith. And over in Philemon, he says, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. Onesimus was one that somehow got into Paul's circle. It was an escaped slave. And Paul just happened to know his master. And Onesimus had come to him, and he, he had witnessed to him. He led him to the Lord. And he said, look, what you've done isn't right. I want you here. I need your help. But you got to set this straight. I'm going to send a letter with you. And that letter of Philemon is a good letter for it. And he sends him with that letter, and he says, Onesimus, my own son in the faith, whom I have begotten in my bonds. Is it well with the child? So is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? That's kind of a Mother's Day message, isn't it? But his questions to ask yourself, three questions. And you know, they're kind of a good little guide. You go throughout the week. Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? If you'll stand. <clears throat>